Hello, good morning everyone. I know my last pot, my last episode was really upbeat, so this one's gonna be like medium. <laughs> Maybe it was a bit much, but I think it was at least somewhat entertaining. So today we're gonna talk about, so I'm reading this fascinating book and I feel like 90% of my conversations could actually always start that way. And it's in regards to uh, adult attachments and in different relationship styles and, and attachment styles and how they apply to us as we're older. And they kind of explain so much about how relationships work for you and how you view them and how... So there's three different uh, key styles, which are avoidance which is you know when you're kind of blocked off to a relationship or to um, starting something new with somebody and I mean this can be obviously it could be for friendships and as all psychology is it starts from your relationships with your parents um, or the first relationships you had so it might not have been your parents it might have been someone else uh, bringing you up but so avoidance is one Secure is another, which is kind of self-explanatory. It's when everything's normal and whatever that is. And um, the third one is anxious. So a really interesting statistic from the book is that, so these are, you know, these these psychologists, uh, MD and MA, that are talking about these different studies. And a crazy stat for me is that 50% of the population, it has more of a secure attachment style. And I can't even think of any of my friends that have a secure attachment style. Um, maybe one or two male friends, but I think a lot of my female friends, we bond over the level of anxiety we kind of have towards new relationships. And, and maybe it's just because I'm like that. I certainly, you know, I've done the tests with my therapist as well as as uh, my own on the side and my not shocking at all attachment style is an anxious attachment and what that means is as an overthinker um as an anxious person when it comes to relationships there's it's not the worst thing i don't like it <laughs> but Anyone in an anxious attachment style is incredibly in tune to the changes and the nuances that are happening within a relationship, even if it's early on. So unfortunately, earlier on means a lot of skewed interpretations. So there's there's two sides to it. There's what you're feeling and an anxious attachment is feeling everything and then how you interpret it. So someone who is secure isn't really going through that process. They are able to focus on themselves, able to focus on the other person, probably have better communication styles. Um, that's where you might break it down into different people. You can still be secure, but have terrible communication. But it's, it's how you approach uh, a relationship and especially a new relationship in your life. Avoidance. We've all met them. We've all tried to date them. It is somebody that, for whatever reason, is more closed off to the 
extra steps or the steps that come later in a relationship and they're just, you know, quote unquote, not ready for a relationship or if you've been in something that changes sort of once it gets too too close. So there's there's an, a, um, a belief that your independence is taken away by being in a relationship and that stems from experience or from pain or from a general idea of what a relationship is to you and so you you can be very avoidant if you don't want things in your life to change where someone secure would simply say of course we're changing this is what we do when we're in a relationship and someone who's anxious will say oh my god everything is changing all the time so I was going to use this episode to explain a little bit of anxiety because I know, again, that 50% aside, I know that so many of the people in my life experience anxiety in one way or another. I mean, there's constant jokes about millennials and approaching jobs, approaching any meeting, approaching a call to the dentist. Like we just all live on this unsafe little teeter-tottering area where we're we're worried about the outcome so you have the overthinkers and you have the anxious and then you add a little splash of incredibly creative and you've got me (laughs) so you know 99 problems and 99 of them are completely made up fictional ideas that I have that are just preparing me for uh everything and you know maybe 10 of them have dragons in them so that's how you know where they're going it, it always feels like it's something I want to explain to someone new that I'm seeing or dating because I feel like I need them to understand that it's not necessarily them, but it's how I'm interpreting what's happening. And so the book states as well that part of being anxious is because of how in tune you are to the someone to people's emotions in general. So they do this test where they have you watch on a screen somebody's emotion change. So, you know, they're going from happy to angry or calming themselves down. And and people with an anxious attachment can almost to the, the perfect point pick out the moment that that emotion changed. They see it, they, they, they find all of these nonverbal cues and they know when that emotion changed imagine being that in tune to everyone so that's that would be something that i would love to explain so i have this i have always just called it that i'm an empath but the reality is there are, I can recognize there are so many nuances in someone's life and that things change and I've seen patterns change. Uh, I've seen people change too much, I feel like, um, that I'm terrified of it. And I've seen people fall out of love, which would appear, you know, to some people they're like, that came out of the blue. And to me, it isn't. It's a downfall. And to see somebody change and to use, sometimes they use the same vernacular, um, you know, everything's good, everything's great, everything's great until it isn't, but you sense it and it drives you insane, honestly. You know, the amount of times my therapist has been like, I need you to recognize the feelings you're feeling 
why you're feeling them. And a lot of them are because of past experiences and patterns and give them space and time and care. And that is a very hard exercise to do in the moment. And if you're like me, that you really want to be brave and try again and again and again, unfortunately, you're at risk of your statistics being skewed to an extent because they're based on your experiences. So I've had people tell me in the past to try not to hold other people's actions against them, which I completely understand that would be hard. But it's very hard to do. It's very hard to do when you start seeing something similar happen. And all you want to do is say, can you just tell me what is going on and that it has nothing to do with me? And I think the longer you spend in a relationship, the more you get to know somebody, the more you can figure those things out yourself. So your interpretations aren't really off as much. But in the beginning, your interpretations can be quite off because they're based on your own experiences and they're based on your own fears. So I have a negative brain towards some things. So I feel someone change, I assume, here we go again. It's happening again. And, you know, they would probably be surprised 70% of the time. Be like, that's what you felt? Like, no, I was just having a bad day or this and this and that. And it would have been resolved if that level of communication. I mean, for anyone who is anxious, the balance is somebody with really, really high level of communication and understanding. That's where the nice mix comes into But on the work of the anxious person, it has to be saying, is there a possible alternative which is less negative than what I'm feeling? And is it possible to just pay attention to the facts and to what you know? That's why they say, you know, actions over words, etc. But it gets all blurred when you're paying attention to nuances that the other person might not even know they have and send off or give off. So, you know, whereas someone you're seeing might just be having an off day for you that's the beginning of a change and it's hard and I wish I could explain it to everyone but that's just not how everyone's brain works and 50% is a huge amount of people that don't think that way that don't go through that process and you incorporate you know the percentage the percentage that is avoidant And they are a different uh, breed of having walls up that have nothing to do with you. And so you're kind of caught in between that you're going to meet all sorts. And you're going to have to learn how to deal with them. And it feels like sometimes the way I can explain it is it feels like my brain isn't working correctly. I can have someone literally ask me, do you think this is what's happening? And I don't. But my body doesn't believe me. My anxiety doesn't believe me. And it's saying I need to be prepared. That's exactly what a lot of anxiety is, or that's at least what mine is, is I can't go through that again without feeling prepared. So I need to go through the scenario, the worst case scenario, 
in my brain over and over again to make sure that when or if it happens that I don't break again. Because so much of, of the security and, and anxious and, and the attachment styles has to do with your safety. It's a very primal feeling and need is to feel safe. And with people that can't, that I don't believe know what they want, that I don't trust, that they won't just change, that tell me that they know what they want, that they're adults, I've seen that and I've seen it change. It makes me feel unsafe. I've seen it in friends, I've seen it in partners. It makes me feel unsafe because I don't know. I don't know what you're thinking or doing and you're not expressing it and you're changing and I can't do anything about it. So where does that leave you? I try to explain to people that If you imagine, you know, when you're sad, but you smile, you really want to be happy. You know, something happy happens. If you ever felt depressed or at least a low level of, um, because depression is different. If you feel that kind of depression in the back of your mind, that weight, that negativity in the back of your mind, and you can still notice things that make you happy. So you smile and then there's this external view of when the smile does not reach your eyes there's no sparkle there's no gleam there's no and that's what I associate this with that you control your happiness and you control your excitement because you're afraid if you get too excited that's when you let go and that's when you feel stupid when it It doesn't work out. And so if you get happy, even in the moment, if it's a happy moment, all you're thinking about is this is going to hurt or this is going to go badly and the smile doesn't reach your eyes. There's a barrier. There's a wall of something that is saying if you don't put this here and you feel full happiness, you will be caught off guard and you'll get hurt. That's what a lot of relationship anxiety is, at least for me, that it's not self-fulfilling prophecy. It's not, it ends up being it eventually because you're basically, it could be five years in and you're like, see, I knew this was gonna happen, saw it. That's different. Self-fulfilling prophecy involves you actually taking action and self-sabotaging. That happens for sure. And that is actually a lot of avoidant people rather than anxious people. Anxious just means it's a possible outcome because you know it is. In my case, it's because I've seen it. So patterns, analytics, data, probabilities based on my own sample of information. And the more I see something 
absurd. Like someone move countries to be with me and cheat on me the whole time. Someone threaten to take their own life if I leave them and cheat on me the whole time. And when I get tired and tell them I can't do this anymore, they leave. And someone calling me four or five times a day and being excited about me and me being honest about how they're moving too fast. And they say, no, this is what I want. I know I want you. And then a week later they say, this is too much for me. And they leave. It's people that you told them, please don't exaggerate or please don't offer something that you can't sustain because I can't get as excited as you will. So it doesn't mean the same. I don't want fake promises that sound good. And I believe that they believe it at the time. But it's a big, if you set up things very early as, you know, this is the norm for me, I'm gonna believe you. I want to. My default is still romantic and still wanting to be in something healthy and good and so I do want to believe you but I don't yet because I believe I know better I've seen myself be more right than the other person so survival you know and a lot of it probably is putting too much importance on something, but it's important to me. So what do we do with that? Anyway, this all to say that if you have someone anxious in your life, if you have someone that needs more reassurance than normal, please just listen. That would be my best advice. Our, we are all compiled of our own experiences and we cannot guess what someone is reacting to, going through, especially if it has nothing to do with us. There's a frustration between trying to communicate and over-communicate in a way that you will get all of the information you need, and I trust that you're sifting through it and where it is applicable. So if I tell you I'm scared and that I'm nervous about something, about starting a relationship, that you don't abuse that. Because I was honest. And that's what people in your life want and need. And especially in the beginning. Especially now in our, you know, dating in your 30s. Like, people know more what they want. Or so you hope. And so you hope that people are acting more on honest information. And they're not always. And, you know, my biggest advice would be get to know yourself well enough to be able to have these conversations with someone that's entering your life, whether it's for a week or for years. It's like any investment. You need the skill set first. And you need to learn with a new person. So be open, but yeah, I mean, so many of my episodes are on communication and how it can be improved. And here's one of one of the side effects you can hurt people because you didn't take time to figure out what you wanted 
And it's worse when they knew or suspected and they were preparing because they didn't get the highs. Didn't reach their eyes. So that's me for today. <laughs> um, as much as this is more of a somber type episode, I have a strong belief that a lot of people can identify with this and know exactly what I'm talking about. So to everyone out there that feels the same way, I love you. I will not change. <laughs> That's not true. But I will remain stable and safe for anyone. So please do not hesitate to reach out. Love you all. Until next time.